Hey everybody, this is Clover Chat, brought to you by the University of Minnesota Extension and the Minnesota 4-H State Ambassadors. We have started this podcast to showcase all the great things 4-H has to offer. Our podcast will include stories from Minnesota 4-H members, information about 4-H opportunities, and we will also hear from some 4-H experts. Hello, my name is Natalie, and I'm a Minnesota 4-H State Ambassador. On this episode of Clover Chat, you will hear my interviews with 4-H staff Becca and Amber, how they have adapted 4-H programming due to the pandemic. Sit back and enjoy. I'm here with Becca, the local extension educator from Swift County. Becca, let's start by you introducing yourself to our Clover Chat listeners. Hello, everyone. My name is Becca Turnquist, like Natalie said, and I am the 4-H Extension Educator in Swift County. Um, I grew actually was a 4-H member myself in Swift County, um, so it's fun to be back working in my county on this side of the table as the staff person. Well, it's great to have you on here, Becca. Um. Like I said in our introduction, this episode will be about 4-H versus the pandemic. Becca, what did your job look like prior to the pandemic? Well, Natalie, it's kind of hard to remember back to what life was like before the pandemic, but um, it was it was pretty pretty predictable, I guess, is what you would expect knowing now as we live in the pandemic. It's pretty unpredictable. Um, so we had our routines, our Um, staff task list, um, our 4-H calendar that we were able to follow pretty easily. Um, Things went well. We didn't have to plan um, for A, B, and C with safety protocols. You know, we always had a backup plan or a plan C for everything we did anyway, but um, everything was just fluid, went really smoothly and worked out well. Um, Now that we are into the pandemic, it switched a little bit. Um, So now we have some extra protocols that we need to follow. Plans change um, multiple times as things come up and pop up. So it's challenging in that regard. Oh, yeah. I think we can all understand um, that the pandemic has really played a toll on planning, (laughs) Um, especially with 4-H. So you mentioned that Um, no matter what, you always have a plan C. Um, How has the pandemic affected working with other staff and creating plans other than creating like more? Yeah, so um, something that I would say that has changed as a result of the pandemic, in addition to having backup plan after backup plan, is um, we've been a lot more creative with our work. Um, And prior to the pandemic, you know, I worked with my other colleagues and staff members a little bit on things, but not as much as we have in the past um, coming up on full 12 months. Um, So we've been working a lot. You hear the term or the phrase work smarter, not harder. And we've really um, leaned into that and, you know, kind of collaborated on a lot more things to be able to reach a broader audience of kids and Um, Knowing that for a long while, we weren't able to bring groups of youth together, um, we had to get a little creative in how we 
how we um, made those programs happen. So a lot of combining resources, combining lesson plans, um, and just working together to pull things off, um, including our show county fair showcases. Um, we actually were able to provide in-person showcases for our youth in Swift County and um, our sheep numbers and our dairy numbers were quite small. So we had the opportunity to combine with another neighboring county to um, merge our shows together and still be under the appropriate number of youth. So um, there's been a lot of a lot of support we've gotten from each other and just the ability to work together in um, so many more ways has been has been fun. Yeah, it's crazy to like see how the pandemic that though we were like distanced from each other, but it really kind of brought us together in a way. And I think we've seen that a lot in 4-H, even with being on the ambassador team, it's just really brought us together in a different way than what we'd normally see in any normal year. Yeah, you're probably connecting a lot with um, other 4-H members from across the state that you maybe wouldn't have gotten to interact with too much. Absolutely. And we're seeing that on the staff side as well, too. Some of my faraway colleagues are now some of the people that I work pretty closely with. Yeah, that's crazy, but like amazing at the same time. Yeah. What was your greatest challenge with transitioning from pre-pandemic to being 12 months into the pandemic? Um, that's a that's a good one. Um, for a long while, um, I worked from home as we all did. I would say one of the challenges for me was, you know, adjusting to that work from home. Um, in the office, in my office in Benson, I was fortunate enough to have two computer monitors. So the first month of working from home, I was just working off of a, a single screen. And that was, it was kind of a big adjustment. It sounds silly to say it out loud, but it really, it really was. You just kind of have to recognize that you can't or you aren't really going to be able to complete things as efficiently. And so, and that was, that was tough for me. I'm like, I could have this done in 10 minutes, but back and forth from tab to tab and trying to find what I'm looking for. So that was a challenge. And then um, one of maybe the greater programmatic challenges was just stepping back and thinking about how we were going to modify what we were doing instead of canceling everything. We didn't want to do that. We wanted to continue to provide opportunities. So getting creative and how we were going to um, change those plans to make them happen was a challenge too, but a fun one. Yeah. Um, well, that's really great to hear that um, even with the pandemic and everything that has happened and staying at home, I know from a youth and a 4-H member side, we've really seen the work that all of the 4-H staff has put in, and it's actually really good and creative and helped us connect just as much, if not more, online and virtual. Um, with being said, um, how has COVID changed your ability to connect with other 4-H staff? To connect with other 4-H staff, um, as I think I alluded to a little earlier, um, it's brought us closer together. Um, we've been working statewide on a lot of things, region-wide. Um, so getting, I've had the opportunity to get a lot, to get to know a lot of um, staff members that I wouldn't have otherwise gotten to know. 
um, from my region and from other regions too. So kind of finding new friends in the work, in my work circle. And that's been a lot of fun and finding um, colleagues that share similar interests and backgrounds that I have is just really neat and a fun experience, something that's really enjoyable in the profession. That's wonderful. All right, transitioning from your job and your staff to um, how you've seen the changes in 4-H youth. So how has connecting with 4-H youth changed in a good way um, from the pandemic? Um, how it's changed in a good way. Um, I see a lot of youth, particularly teens, that are um, have really found this um, balance of their activities and their school and just are really good, really good. Um, they're really good at organizing their daily schedules. Um, I've got some ambassadors on my local team that they um, reach out to me and ask, oh, when do we have this meeting? I need to play it. I need to get it on my planner and um, make sure it aligns with sports practice and this and that. And, um, you know, that's that's something we didn't necessarily see. Um, I didn't necessarily see before the pandemic happened. But, um, you know, when we took everyone's world and tipped it upside down, there was a lot of moving parts. Um, such schedules were changing drastically. And for a while, they were pretty empty. And then pretty soon they filled up again. And it was kind of, it was fun to see that these ambassadors trying to work and how to um, get their priorities in place and figure out how they could do as many things as possible. So we've seen a lot of um, responsibility and a lot of um, a lot of maturity happening throughout this. And I think that's definitely a great outcome of the pandemic. So it's been really fun to see the personal growth in our young people. That's great. I definitely can relate to that because <laughs> like in the beginning of the pandemic, there wasn't like much to do. And I would just look at all the things that I wasn't able to do. And then as it's progressed and the opportunities have came back around, you can just see, like you said, the planners fill up with all sorts of different activities and things to do. So I, I really do agree with you. And that's really good to see. Um. What programs do you see or use to help engage youth with each other, 4-H, and with staff? Well, I have to have a um, throw out a big nod to the state ambassadors and the awesome programs that you guys are kicking out. Um, I have definitely been promoting the, the blue, the teal, the aqua, um, knowing that um, a lot of us just crave the connections and seeing other people, um, even if it's this way, you know, where we're, we're, we're um, we aren't physically together, but just being able to see another face on the other side of the screen is nice. So I've encouraged um, young people to participate in those programs that they can um, meet new people and relate to other people that are, you know, in the same shoot in the same shoes that they are in and just from other parts of the state I think is just kind of um you know sometimes it seems like a whole different country you know if you grew up in the northwest corner of Minnesota and you were talking to someone in the southeast corner you might think it was like two different two different continents or something so I'm um, just kind of but then finding the common ground that you know you're in the same spot and have a lot of things to talk about and 
um, share experiences with is, is just, um, just a really great thing for our youth to have opportunities to be a part of. So the more opportunities that present themselves that youth can connect in that way, I am pushing them and hoping that they get involved. Well, I'm definitely going to have to share that with the rest of the state ambassadors that you guys pushing out our programs and we really, that's really good to hear. And we really look, we are really looking forward to like meeting all the members and just being able to interact with them because like you said, that is like one of the main things that we've been lacking from in the pandemic. So it's great to have resources and programs to do that with. And it all is a lot easier with great staff like you. Um, what do you hope to get from being in 4-H with a pandemic? Okay. Um, so something I hope that we can take with us when we move out of the pandemic is just the, um, the can-do attitude. Um, there was a lot of, you know, maybe this time, well, I guess the pandemic had, hadn't quite started last January, but, you know, in April and May, um, we saw a lot of discouraged people. And as we approach the county fair season, we know that's kind of the pinnacle of the 4-H calendar is when youth come together to showcase everything that they've learned and worked so hard for all year round. Um, and just kind of the anticipation of what that might bring or what it may not bring um, kind of, but then we, we worked through it as staff and volunteers, as youth, we made it happen. So we had that can-do attitude. And I hope we take that with us when this is all over and we can look at it and wave goodbye to it in the rear view mirror. Um, but I think it's just a lot of opportunities. And I think there's a lot of good things that have come out, have came out of the not so good things. And I just hope that we can take those awesome skills that we're learning how to, um, navigate these uncharted waters and all the other common phrases we hear about um, these times, but there's just a lot of resiliency. So we know when we, when we um, leave the pandemic, we're gonna be stronger than ever and we can get through anything after that. I don't know what's next. <laughs> I love that. And I think that's a great way to end our um, interview with a positive outlook um going on after the pandemic so thank you becca thank you natalie for inviting me to be a part of this i'm here with amber the director of state and county fair programs amber would you like to start us off by introducing yourself sure um as natalie said my name is amber greeley and i am the director of state and county fair programs and part of the work that i um, do is with the animal science program as well, which would focus a lot on the project bow program and all of that, we, all of that work that we're working on right now, gearing up for our, our state competition that's coming up in March. So uh, what did your job look like prior to the pandemic? It's a crazy question. Um, yeah, <laughs> just one thing that's really fun about our job, I think, in 4-H is that it changes um, throughout the year. Um, and so we can work on different projects throughout the year. And my job really allows me to do that and has allowed me to do that. And so a big part of my job has always been working with the state fair program. And that could be, you know, year round work preparing for a fair and then um, ending it and then getting ready for the next one. 
And the other parts are a lot of state events, including project bowls and um, dog shows and, and that sort of thing. And of course, everything was always in person and live events. And that's changed, right? We don't, we haven't been able to do those live events lately. And so the last year we've spent trying to figure out how to give youth those opportunities that typically would be live in-person showcases, find other ways to do those. And that's what we've really been working on in the last year, thinking about, you know, the state showcases that we held in place of the state fair and the state dog show. And now we're coming back around to those spring events where we want to figure out ways to still allow them to showcase their learning that they've done throughout the year. So really different than the events that I've um, helped and, and run in the past where thousands of youth have come and been able to showcase. Now we're trying to figure out how to get those thousands of kids to still participate and still be excited and engaged just in a different way. Yeah, and I, as a 4-H member and livestock exhibitor, have really seen the work and all the things that you guys have done to help provide us youth with opportunities, even during the pandemic. And it's really awesome to see that we are still able to connect with other exhibitors and show off our hard work. So we all want to thank you. Thank you. Um, what was the biggest challenge with changing and transitioning into the pandemic lifestyle within your job? I think our greatest challenge has just been the unknowns. Who would have thought things were going to change so quickly and so drastically? Last spring, we were sitting in our at the regional project bowl in Foley the first Saturday in March talking about how the next couple weeks we're going to go. I mean, we typically have three weekends in a row in March of regional bowls and then the state bowl in April. And we were there at that first weekend and talking about making plans and having no idea what was to come. And so it was just a matter of days where we had to think about um, canceling and, and changing and making new plans and there again, it was, it was just the unknowns have been the hardest part and, and all summer long trying to think about those events, those summer events and who knows, you know, how long can we hold out hope that maybe we can get back in person. And so I think this fall we've been, I don't want to say smarter, but we've learned that we need to start making some other sorts of plans and thinking about ways that we can just do our work differently and, rather than just keep holding on and then trying to scramble at the end when we need to change plans because we can't be in person. We've, we've just started to think about being really intentional about what can those um, virtual programs look like and make them the best that we can. And that's what we've, we've had a kind of a fun and challenging adventure trying to do with Project Bowl as an example of trying to figure out how we can still do the program, but do it different and in a fun new way. So it's just, we've learned that we need to adapt and, and move quickly, um, but then also just take our time. We know we've got time, so let's make some, some good plans while we can. Yeah, um, with the pandemic, I think perseverance and 
just looking on the right side and trying to find plans that can be modified instantly with changes that are taking place is very important. So it's really good to hear that from your side. Um, you touched on Project Goal, and that's the primary project that you're working on, I believe. Um, what changes are being taken in place um, that contribute to the pandemic? Sure. Yeah, that's the, our focus right now is getting ready for the Project Bowl because that's coming up in March, comes quickly, and registrations are going to be due um, in about 10 days. And so teams are, teams are practicing, and we needed to get moving on this really quickly. In October, the Project Bowl committee met for the first time for the year, and we really had some hard, tough conversations about what do we see what do we see happening? And there again, it's just the unknown. Are, will things be better in March? Will they be worse? We didn't know. And so we really had to step back and say, what do we know today so that we can start making plans for then, for March? We could have, you know, some of the ideas were maybe we wait until January to make decisions, or maybe we can hold out and, and make plans for maybe doing the events in June. And it just, it made more sense for us to just do some research and get moving and make some plans right away. And so we researched what some other states and national contests were doing virtually because others have done some. And we learned from them about what's worked, what hasn't worked. And then talking to Sutton Stewart, a regional extension educator up in Moorhead, he's done some trivia work, some virtual trivia work. And we just we liked how the two programs could work together. And so that's how we were able to kind of sell that to the committee and let them see what it could be. And I think one thing that we really were, were going for is Project Bowl is really a core program. The kids are learning, they're, they're deepening their knowledge in their species area, and that's the key is we want that to continue. So we just need to think about a way to let them showcase their learning that's happening. And so we, we wanted to make that happen, but we thought we needed to make it different enough that it wasn't so reliant on the way it always is and having to worry about kind of policing the policies and the rules that, we, that normally follow the Project Bowl program. We wanted to make it fun and exciting and something different for the, for the youth to do just to get them excited and engaged and again, not having to worry about some of the, the policies that and rules that we can enforce when, when we're in a room together, but when we're virtual, we can't necessarily do. And so we really spent a lot of time figuring about out what rules do we want to keep from the from the normal project bowl program and, and what can we set aside for this year. Again, always with the intention that we're going to go back. We're going to have a normal bowl season in the future, but this year we just need to have it look different and that's okay. And that's what we wanted to do. Just again, set aside and move forward with something that looked new and exciting for the youth. And so, I mean, again, that the learning of a selected project area is still there. That's the key component is deepening their, their knowledge. They're working together as a team. They're learning those teamwork skills. And that was one thing we really liked about this new program is that we, we were re are really encouraging teams to work together. And, and typically in the Project Bowl program, kids are, are answering questions by themselves individually. 
I mean, they're sitting and competing as a team, but they're one-on-one questions typically. And now we're encouraging them to talk and work together. And I think they're really going to like that. And we're also able to to offer them different ways to receive the questions, you know, might be visual, might be just worded differently and in fun new formats. And I think the youth are really going to have a good time with that. We had a coaches training a couple of weeks ago and the coaches were really excited and and came away excited to, sh- to share it with their youth and get them excited. So um, there's changes, but there's, there's the same basic component of why we're doing the program and, and the core concept there. So I think it'll be a fun year. I love, yeah, I love the positive outlook and that you're still keeping with that core concept, but changing it and adapting it to the pandemic which has been seen in almost every situation in our lives. And especially with 4-H, there's always a positive and fun spin that even though the pandemic may not always be positive, it can create um, changes that may be implemented in the future, even if we are in person. So it's really great to hear the changes. And though it may not be normal, it might add to the new normal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. I think we really have learned that over the last year that there are pieces that, yeah, though it looked different, there were things that we've really been able to take out of it and, and can implement in the future. In, in every project that we're doing, I think we're going to see that, that they're, they're, we're going to have some things that follow and carry forward into the future. Exactly. Um, what do you hope to gain like a skill message from being in your position during the pandemic? And what do you like hope to continue um, beyond the pandemic? Well, I think it's just our ability to adapt and think about things in a new way. I'll admit I'm one that doesn't like change. I like things the way that they are. It's easy. We can make them, you know, tweak and make things better, but I have a hard time with change. I I fully admit that, but we're having to learn and change everything. And I think it's been good for everybody, but for me personally as well, to think about how we can change our programs and and look at them differently. And uh, like I said, think about how we can carry things forward. I think about our state showcases that we did this summer and there were lots of benefits to us doing them virtually. And maybe there was youth that weren't able, typically wouldn't have been able to participate and come to the state fair. Maybe they've got um, a learning disability or something that just makes it hard for them to come to that setting and make it a successful um, opportunity for them. Or it's a distance or it's a having to choose between a school, something and 4-H. So those virtual options gave them opportunities that they wouldn't normally have. So I think, again, it's just really having to, to think and look at some of the positives and things that we got out of this year and and figure out how we can move those forward. I think that's um, been a really great positive thing for us to all of us to, to have to step back and look at. Yeah, I love that outlook on the future. Um, Thank you, Amber, for joining us. Would you like to leave our listeners with one last few words of advice? You know, I think it's just 
taking everything in stride and it might be taking things, you know, day by day, but you know, it is what it is and we're all going to get through this and it may not be the way it always is, but that's okay. I think we just need to be able to accept that and, and know that we're all doing the best we can and we still need to take advantage. And we really hope that youth and families are taking advantage of the opportunities that, that are out there because we're trying to give the best experiences and opportunities. Again, they might look different, but that's okay. And, and there's still opportunities that are going to help you grow. And so I really hope that, that youth and families are jumping on them when they see them, because again, staff have spent a lot of time and energy and um, listened to families and youth, which are, is important. And I just, I just hope everybody's taking the opportunity to find new ways to grow as we get through all of this. <laughs> thank you for those last words of advice. And thank you for joining us on the Clover Chat podcast. Welcome. Thanks, Natalie. Thank you for joining for this episode of Clover Chat. The next episode of Clover Chat will discuss True Leaders in Service Month, which takes place in April. If there's a topic you wish to hear the state ambassadors discuss on the podcast, please submit your ideas to mn4h-stateambiadvisors at umn.edu. Clover Chat is sponsored by the number four, the letter H, and the color green. See you next time. 4-H is a youth development program of the University of Minnesota Extension. It is available for youth in kindergarten through one year after high school. 4-H'ers participate in hands-on learning experiences in STEM, leadership and civic engagement, animal science, creative arts, and so much more. To learn more about Minnesota 4-H, visit z.umn.edu slash 4-H.